We have all heard about amazing tales of survival, a person pitted against nature, battling the elements in a quest to save their own life. From mountaintops to deserted islands to boats lost at sea, we can all feel the fear and revel in the delight of the protagonist's quest for survival. For one man stranded in the desert after a car accident, he was able to use his cunning and mechanic skills to get him back to civilization. Hello and welcome to How's This Not a Movie Yet, the podcast that searches for interesting stories in history and talks about how they can make really cool movies. I'm your host, Tom Courtney, and unfortunately, I'm alone this week again. Alex is up in North New York, and he is visiting our grandmother that uh, is up there for the summer. So, this week I decided to do like a, a shorter episode. It was one that I've been thinking about doing for a while, and I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, this is the story of a man named Emile LeRae. Emile LeRae was a, or is, he's still alive, uh, an adventurer. He lived in French Morocco in northern Africa during the 60s and 70s, and he had traveled around the uh, northern part of the continent uh, many times. In my research of this guy, I actually wasn't able to find what his job was. I don't know what he was doing in Africa at this time, which is a little worrying if you ask me, but um, I'm going to imagine that it had to do with either business or humanitarian efforts. To make this protagonist a lot more likable, you could say that it's humanitarian efforts. Um, But this one time, this one fateful trip, he was driving in the Moroccan desert. Uh, He was driving a Citroen 2VC, and this is called the Steel Camel. Uh, They, the, The car looks a lot like a Volkswagen Beetle. A tough little car, but it's very simple. It's easy to take the, the, the car apart. It's designed for um, people that live in rural areas that might not have me, um, access to mechanics. So it's very simple to repair. It's easy to take apart. Uh, there's not a lot of moving parts on it. There's The, the engine is, is this seven-horsepower engine that can barely get 40 miles an hour. Uh, it's, it's a very simple car. It's also illegal to drive in America. That's how simple this this vehicle is. It's basically seats, two wheels, and an engine, and it gets you from point A to point B, and if it breaks down along the way, you're able to fix it with simple hand tools that you would keep in the back. So he was driving this around in Africa. Now, uh, he was driving from one part of Morocco to another. He was leaving Tantan, and he was heading north, and he comes to a roadblock where there are Moroccan soldiers who are saying that he can't go down the road. So uh, he was either faced with going back to Tantan or driving off-road and bypassing the road altogether. Now, he claims that he he knew the terrain, and he thought his car was able to do it. Now, looking at this vehicle, it does not look like the kind of car you want to take off-road. It sits low to the ground. It has very small wheels. These wheels are not, uh, they're not designed to be driven off-road. So, I I mean, I I don't know where his mind was at this point. Apparently, he really needed to get to that other town. So, he drove off-road. He decided to try and uh, take it over the foothills there at the, um, uh, at the Atlas Mountains. And, he traveled across the desert. So, uh, 
along his trip, he got into an accident. And not just, like, running over a, a rock or something. He crashed his car into a boulder, and that snapped the one of the axles. So it made the car undrivable. The engine was still fine, but the axle was ruined. Now, he was about 20 miles away from any kind of civilization in the middle of the Moroccan desert, uh, the North Sahara. And he, had, he was faced with a choice. Either he could go on foot and see if he could make the 20 miles uh, across the desert, or he could try and fix his vehicle. Now, a lot to me, 20 miles doesn't sound like a long way. I mean, if you're if you're moving at five miles an hour, you get there in just a few hours. I I know that it's different in the desert, of course. Uh, the it was hot. He wasn't going to be able to carry all the water that he had. Um, he had enough water to last him uh, 12 days, and he wasn't going to be able to carry all that water with him. So he was afraid that he was not going to be able to make it which is a valid fear. So he decided to do the next logical thing. Um, Since two of his wheels were not able to work, he decided to make a motorcycle. Now he had available a wrench, a hacksaw, and a screwdriver. Now this is some real MacGyver stuff here that's that's required to, to... achieved this feat. Um, This was in the 1970s, by the way. It's not clear about what year it is, but judging by the pictures, uh, it's... (laughs) um, It it looks to be in the the, um, mid-1970s. As I said before, it's easy to take this car apart. And by easy, I mean the doors aren't even bolted on. You could slide the doors out of their... their, um, the body of the car... And with only a few twists and turns of the wrench, he was able to take the entire body of the car off the chassis and was just left with this chassis. As I said, four wheels, a frame, and an engine, and and a steering column. That was it. That's all that's on this car. Everything else is just built for semi-comfort. Now, what he was able to do with the hacksaw, he had to actually cut into the chassis. It took him days to do this, by the way. It took him 12 days. He was running low on water. And uh, he was finally able to cut through the fr- uh, the center of the chassis, flip the wheel into the the middle of the um, of the frame so that he had a better balance, and was able to position the engine, which weighs like two hundred fifty pounds, uh, into the middle so that he had a better center of gravity. After that, he was able to. Uh, create a makeshift turning system and a makeshift seat out of the car's bumper. This is what he did by himself in the middle of the desert using just a wrench, a screwdriver, and a hacksaw. And it worked. He made a motorcycle and was able to drive it the, the rest of the way, all 20 miles, to the next town. And this is the best part of the story. He gets pulled over by Moroccan police, who then give him a ticket and a citation because he's not driving the proper vehicle. But not because it's clearly a makeshift vehicle, but because the papers that he had with him for the for the vehicle were were not that they didn't believe him that that this was this used to be a uh, a Citroen 2VC that this was 
a motorcycle and he was he had the wrong paper so they gave him a ticket i thought that it was just so funny that that's such a um a strange way to end that ordeal because i can't imagine how he felt in the in the middle of the sun you know uh, only being able to get shade from his from his car that he'd just taken apart uh he slept in the body of the car uh, by the way that's I, i love that and, you know, I can imagine how he's watching his water de- deplete over the course of these two weeks that he was out in the desert making this uh, this motorcycle. So he was able to get back to civilization. He still lives in France and he has that vehicle. He has the motorcycle in his front yard. I, I just, it's it's such a weird thing. I'll post some pictures of it. It's such a, a strange-looking vehicle. Uh, it doesn't look possible that he drove across the desert with this thing. And that brings me to my next point. When I was researching this subject, I actually found a Mythbusters. I love that show, by the way. Mythbusters is great. Uh, but I found an episode where they were trying to do this with a Citroen 2VC in the middle of the California desert. They were able to get it to work. They were able to build a motorcycle, but they were not able to get the uh, the motorcycle fast enough in order to balance it uh, at, a, at a higher speed. So they busted the myth. They said that it didn't happen. Now, I'm thinking that it did because they've been wrong in the past. They've had a rescind decisions, and this was in the last season, so they never got to really revisit this. They never went to France to meet the guy who actually did this and see his vehicle. Um, they built it when they looked at the pictures. They tried to get the specs proper and tried to uh, mimic what the man did, but um, they were never able to, to, make it, to get it to work properly. Uh, and from watching the show, it, the man's story was a little dubious, but I'm thinking that it actually did happen because I don't know why. Why would you lie about that? Like, he didn't write a book. He didn't make any profit off this. He just has a a, a motorcycle out on his front lawn that he built from a from an old car. It's just it's it's a bit strange, like a weird bragging point. He didn't try and get any glory for it or any kind of award. He is known as the most extreme mechanic, though. Uh, yeah, Emil Leray. Uh, a lot of people uh, say that that's kind of like what St- Tony Stark did in, in um, Iron Man when he built an iron, a mech warrior suit in a cave. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's kind of that's kind of accurate. So how do we make this into a movie? Well, I have a few ideas. This is kind of a tough movie to make. When I was talking about this with Alex last week, Alex brought up the movie Castaway. That this have to this would have to be kind of like Castaway, and I and I agree, uh, where it's really man versus nature and man versus self, um, where he is in the middle of the desert, he has no hope of escaping on foot, and he has to battle the elements and he has to battle himself and figure out how to survive by using this car as a motorcycle. I think that could be a really fascinating character study. I think it could be a really fascinating story of survival and visually interesting, Um, especially if you get the right cinematographer, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, I think that you could also have it done with flashbacks. Uh, I'm thinking of the movie for love of the game with Kevin Costner, where he plays a pitcher who's pitching his last game. And uh, as he's pitching through the innings, 
he's having flashbacks of all these major parts of his life. And um, I love how that, how his life and his, his turbulent life in this movie mimicked the turbul- turbulence of the game he was pitching. So I think that you could achieve something similar in this movie where the turbulence of this man's life, and of course, I don't know anything about his life. Uh, you could, of course, add drama to this man's life, uh, to the protagonist's life. But having that as your backdrop and uh, flashbacking while he's making this vehicle in the middle of the desert uh, and ultimately his success, I think would make uh, for a really interesting movie to watch, a really cool exploration of this character. Uh, I was thinking Robert Zemeckis could be the director. He directed Castaway and and, uh, Forrest Gump. But I think that his cinematographer from Forrest Gump and Castaway, uh, Don Burgess, would make this movie look gorgeous. Uh, The shots of the desert, the sunsets, the sunrises, uh, you could get the the heat uh, and uh, and really make the the audience feel uncomfortable then and and be there with the uh, the actor as he's trying to make this vehicle and uh, I was thinking also Roger Deakins who's been nominated for so so many um, um, cinematography awards he's done Shawshank Redemption No Country for Old Men Beautiful Mind uh, he would also make this movie look gorgeous and bring the audience right down next to uh, our mechanic as he's trying to get this car to work and his frustration or or the flashbacks back to this this um, bad memory that he's having a trouble getting over or uh, I think that it could be a really cool movie to watch uh, the possible actors that I was thinking about this. Now, this is your key. This is going to sound a little weird. I was thinking Louis C.K., the comedian, but I was thinking more along the lines of how he plays his character in Louis. He plays a thoughtful, quiet man in that TV show. He gives wonderful performances and his writing is fantastic. So I think that Louis C.K. could play a really good uh, Emile Array. Uh, I, I don't think that you'd play him with a French accent. I think that you'd get rid of that aspect of it. And, and uh, the suspension of disbelief, we could just watch him as he's trying to make this car. Uh, another actor, and this is really because of... Um, how he looks, and that he looks similar to the man, uh, the the actual person from history, uh, um, Steve Coogan from Hamlet 2. He's a British comedian. Again, I'm going with the comedian route, and I don't know why, uh, but I, I just think that uh, both of them would have the proper timing and the thoughtfulness that you need from this character. Of course, you could also go with just pure... Uh, sex appeal and and cast someone like Tom Hardy. Though I was thinking about Tom Hardy and he was in a great movie called Locke uh, where he plays a British construction manager uh, but he, he makes this decision in his life and it changes his life in one night And but the entire time it's Tom Hardy in a car talking on a cell phone. And that's it. That's what you get is this isolation of this man as he's driving north and he's talking to different people in his life and it's a 
wonderful performance, and I, just, I wish that more people knew about it, but it's a great movie. And uh, I think that that would be similar to what's going on in this movie as well. All right, everyone. Well, that's it. Just a short show today, uh, but tune in next week. I-, I hope to hear from you on Twitter or on Facebook. You could write me at HowNotAMovie at Yahoo.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter. That's uh, at HowNotAMovie1, the number one. Uh, I'll always respond. I always uh, I always will. Uh, yeah, I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening, guys.